Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thank you for joining us in this episode of Educator Essentials, the podcast where we talk with our members about tricks and strategies to aid faculty, preceptors, and those involved in the education of the pharmacy workforce. My name is Gina Luchin. I'm Director of Academic Programs at ASHP, and today I will be your host. Today, we will be discussing with Lindsay Davis about Socratic questioning and her upcoming educational session titled Socratic Method Workshop, Unlocking the Power of Questions to Build and Assess Clinical Reasoning Skills at the virtual ASHP National Pharmacy Preceptors Conference in October. Thank you for joining us today, Lindsay. Thanks for having me. Lindsay, you've been an educator for a number of years now. And as we all know, education models are rapidly changing, especially during the pandemic. Can you share with us a little bit about your expertise in the field? Absolutely. You know, the truth is, is that in kindergarten, I wanted to be a kindergarten teacher. In first grade, I wanted to be a first grade teacher. And I am just passionate about education to my soul. This is where I'm in my element, where my passion and my talents align. I've been fortunate to be in an academic position for the last 11 years at Midwestern University College of Pharmacy. And there's two particular projects that I've been involved with that I think really showcase my commitment to education. The first is is that I have led a group of faculty eight years ago now to start a teaching and learning curriculum. And since it started in 2013, we've had over 500 pharmacist participants enroll with over 400 graduates to date. And I also was the primary investigator leading a group of amazing female pharmacist academicians in uh, creating a Habits of Preceptors rubric, which we now have available free online at www.habitsofpreceptors.org. And our process in developing that rubric was actually published in AJHP. We're hoping that that work continues to impact pharmacy education as it relates to having a robust way for pharmacist preceptors to assess their skills and capabilities as preceptors and develop a plan for continuous improvement. Very nice. So a lot of research and a lot of robust work in the field. Now, your session and the expertise that you have, especially for the preceptors conference and and some of our discussions today is really on Socratic method. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got involved with this teaching and precepting methodology? Yeah, that's also a fun story. And it just, I came across it honestly. You know, asking questions has come naturally to me. I remember as a child that my dad used to restrict me to five questions per day on the weekend. (laughs) I was asking questions apparently at nauseum. And it was really refreshing for me as an educator to find that there is a tried and true method to the questioning style dialogue that really fits to my own learning style. And recognizing that questions can truly unlock truths. And I want to share that with all of the learners that I encounter. So you do not restrict them to five questions? (laughs) Never. (laughs) That's good. Well, that's very interesting. It it seems like precepting and teaching is very much in the core of your background and your upbringing, which is excellent to hear. And so I can see that your, your love for teaching really started early. Now, you mentioned the questioning style dialogue. You mentioned the Socratic method. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the lessons and, and key points from the Socratic methods as our audience is listening in? Kind of what, what are things, uh, can you describe the methodology and what are things that our audience can maybe apply in their practice? Absolutely. So the Socratic method comes from the 
father of critical thinking, Socrates, and he lived over 2,500 years ago. So like I said, there's nothing new about this method, but the Socratic method is this concept of thinking deeply and broadly and robustly and challenging ourselves with questions to get at the best truth that's present. What I love about the Socratic method is it is incredibly versatile. It can be used to meet the needs of all learners in any topic or context. As a matter of fact, my children, while they're now in middle school, starting back in kindergarten and first grade, I remember the teachers talking about beginning Socratic discussions with the students or with the children about things like poetry and language and their ideas. So mm-hmm. you know, the opportunities are endless and uh, the pharmacy profession is robust. So we need a tool that can be flexible and agile with meeting the needs of our learners. And becoming a steward of this method does require some purposeful effort on behalf of us as the preceptors and some orientation to the method so that you can make sure that you're comfortable, that the learner's comfortable, that everyone's engaged with the process. Mm -hmm. And that's really one of the roles of the session that we're going to have at NPPC this year is to help you get a feel um, and beyond getting a feel to give you a sense of what it looks like for success related to Socratic dialogue. Mm -hmm. Because what can happen is the Socratic dialogue can kind of sway and to a negative space if we start applying the principles inappropriately or if we're just unaware of them, uh, where asking questions can feel punitive to the learner and they can feel Mm -hmm. as though they're being pimped or humiliated or demoralized. So what I've come up with is five key concepts um, that have helped me using uh, this method in my practice. And I thought if you were interested, we could talk about those on the podcast today. Yes, absolutely. I think that will be kind of a practical implementation of the methodology that will help. So can you go over a little bit about each of the concepts? You said there's five of them. Yep, there's five. So I was trying to think about people who would be listening to this podcast, either to entice them to attend the NPP session, or perhaps invigorate and excite them for something they'd already planned to attend. So concept number one, we need to help our learners gain or maintain comfort when being challenged in discussion. I think sometimes our learners, um, they're smart, productive, eager individuals, and they want to impress us as preceptors. And sometimes that desire to impress overshadows the need to learn, and learning is messy. And so we need them to engage that concept of productive discomfort. Mm -hmm. recognizing that learning anything is messy. Think back to, um, or if you've ever been around or maybe have children yourself, of feeding a young child who is transitioning from milk to solid food and what a messy process that is. Uh We would never give up on an infant that's just learning to swallow solid foods and say, oh, this you're a mess at this. You'll never learn to Uh, eat. Right? We have to move through and honor the process that it's a journey, that we're going to have to fail forward, that we're going to get messy, literally and figuratively get our hands and our face messy. And when we're learning something complex and healthcare is complex, just because all the messiness is in our mind and maybe in the words that come out of our mouth, that doesn't make it any less messy. And I think we just need to give some grace uh, to the learning process. Right. So overcoming that fear and allowing them to have a safe space for asking questions is step one, correct? Yeah. Asking and answering questions. So kind of a two-way street on that. Mm -hmm. So concept number two, um, I found that the good advice we give student pharmacists and young practitioners of never guess in patient care somehow carries over into exchanges with preceptors where you're trying to discuss something and where the concept of guessing may be fully appropriate. Mm -hmm. So 
while I agree we should never guess in an answer we give directly to a patient or a nurse or a physician, et cetera, when we're in a Socratic dialogue, that's a different circumstance. We're not on the front line of patient care. Mm-hmm. And so in this context, we need to make sure that our learners understand that it's okay to guess and perhaps guessing will uncover what it is they do or don't know and where misconceptions are so we can bridge the gap and move forward. My advice here then is to be honest and candid with our learners about this situation and maybe provide them some language so that they feel comfortable guessing. For instance, advising them to say something like, I'm not sure what the answer is here, but what I'm thinking is, and then they can say what it is. Give them the rationale and the the ability to kind of talk through their thinking and their knowledge. That's that's a great point. Um, and I can certainly relate. I remember from pharmacy school, it's always never guess. This is serious. So there's a time and a place for guessing and thinking. So great, great tip. Yeah. Uh, what else? What's, I think we're in concept number two. Let's go to number three. Absolutely. So concept number three actually builds really nicely on what you said. And that is that we should share with our learners why the there is a method we're following and what it is. We should put a name on it. We should say when we're engaged in these rigorous discussions that are challenging and are feel hard and feel like we're, you know, we're just walking through mud, that there's a method. And this is called the Socratic method. What I like to say here is let's pull back the curtain on the learning and tell the learner and show the learner what's going on. I want you to envision if you've seen the movie, The Wizard of Oz, when Dorothy finally uncovers who the wizard is and she pulls back the curtain and realizes he's just a man, just a person, just like all of us. Mm -hmm. And he has strengths and he has flaws. And really kind of meeting a learner where they're at and having this honest humility between you, I think opens up the power of the Socratic method. Mm -hmm. And that way you can start the dialogue with the learner of how important it is that they not just have quote unquote right answers, but that they can be critical thinkers that can translate into solid clinical reasoning skills. And that they need to have a questioning attitude towards patient care because that's what helps make sure that we're making the best recommendations possible. Mm -hmm. So instilling that natural curiosity they have and encouraging them further. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, it's, it's so important to, to really continue a dialogue with students and, and kind of have that learning model versus the relationship of, um, of authority. I think having that safe environment and comfort is important. So we've talked about the comfort level. We've talked about questioning. We've talked about kind of productive discomfort and growth mindset. Uh, what's concept number four? Absolutely. That not only do we need to encourage our students Um, or residents to honor the journey of learning. But as preceptors, we have to honor the journey of learning. Uh It's really important that we recognize that we can't learn the material for our learners. Uh They have to do the learning themselves. And while sometimes it's hard to watch them slip or fall or struggle, (laughs) that's exactly what they need to improve. Uh What I find is that As preceptors, we often think back to when we felt uncomfortable as as learners ourselves, and we try to make it easier on them. And one of the ways we do that is something I call the writing reflex. Um, And I've adjusted this terminology from the writing reflex and motivational interviewing, but the writing reflex as it relates to precepting is that we try to pacify the crux of the moment and that awkwardness Mm -hmm. by giving someone the right answer. Mm-hmm. But recognize telling someone information doesn't mean that they've learned it and the way out is through. 
They have to learn it for themselves. So we need to provide opportunities to learn and make it safe to learn and encourage them uh, even when they're struggling. But we cannot learn the material for our students and residents. Yeah. So facilitate the struggle, but not resolve it for them. Oh, I love it. That's a great way to say it. No, I love that. I love that. It goes really against instincts that we have from our past experiences, but definitely an important one for them to learn. So we're on to concept number five. And this I want to uh, ground in the concept of the four preceptor roles from ASHP. Remember, we start with instruction, and then we go to modeling, and then we go to coaching, and then we go to facilitation. Mm -hmm. When we think about the Socratic dialogue, I want you to recognize that first we need to tell them about what it is. That's the instruction. That's the pull back the curtain. Then we need to model for them what success looks like. So they need to be able to understand what a successful dialogue looks like. And again, it's not the end goal of always having a right answer. Mm -hmm. The best circumstance is that we actually uncover things you don't know so that we know that our time was spent wisely and valuably. Mm -hmm. And then we can move into the coaching role um, where maybe even we're helping our learners to craft their own questions so that they're having their own inner Socratic dialogue. Mm -hmm. That as preceptors, we have to show humility because we don't know it all either. And we just need to demystify what critical thinking entails and have it be okay to fail forward. You had mentioned earlier that concept of the growth mindset. And while I hadn't brought that up yet, that is incredibly important here, that we have to keep the idea in place that not knowing something now is an opportunity to know something later. It doesn't showcase that we're not knowledgeable or we'll never get there. Wow, these are such practical tips. I, I love the this approach and how to apply it and how our, our preceptors and educators can really, really hone in on these skills and continue to develop them. So this was just a teaser, though. I know in a few weeks you'll be joining us virtually and you'll be delivering a, your own session at the National Preceptors Conference. The title of the presentation is Socratic Method Workshop, Unlocking the Power of Questions to Build and Assess Clinical Reasoning. So I think we'll have a, a lot more, more detailed um, approach to this, but can you tell us a little bit about the session kind of on a high level? Absolutely. So our original plan was really grand, and that was that we were going to meet live, and we were going to bring in student volunteers in the flesh for you to work with right in front of and have these Socratic dialogues for you to actually practice, not for you just to hear about the theory and watch us do it, but for you to get to do it yourself. Mm -hmm. Well, as a result of our pandemic, we have to kind of adjust that plan. So we thought of our plan B, which I think is a good one. So I'm glad that this opportunity forced me to stretch the limits here. And so what we're going to do is we're going to first showcase to you in the programming what success looks like. So you're going to watch an unrehearsed uh, Socratic dialogue, meaning that it's not, uh, there's no script to it. You're going to watch what's happening in real time with a real student. Mm -hmm. After that, um, my co-presenter, Craig Cox, and I are going to go through a Socratic dialogue with another real student in an unrehearsed fashion, but we're going to use the film technique of breaking the fourth wall, meaning that we are going to have a dialogue with the student and then have a breakaway and have a discussion with each other aside from the student in how, what just happened with that answer? What questions should we ask next? Is this going well? What should we do from here? So you can see our thought process and we can truly be modeling for you how to be a Socratic questioner. Mm -hmm. 
And then from there, we're going to give you some tools and some ideas of how you can start to practice this technique in your own precepting practice if you have one, um, or if you're just uh, launching into becoming a preceptor, that you have some tools at the ready. We're going to have a live Q&A session in October um, associated with our session. The schedule isn't yet posted, but please check the schedule via the conference platform and tune in. We'd love to have some truly live dialogue with you. Yep, I can't wait. I love the interactive piece and the and the live feedback from the, from the real students. I think that's that's very important to uh, take out that stage perspective and and really dive into the messiness of applying this method. So appreciate that uh, that format. Now I know you mentioned how the pandemic kind of changed our plans, and I'm sure many of our listeners have had their plans changed in precepting, teaching, and their practice because of the pandemic. I think we've all been forced to be a little bit more agile and adaptable than usual. So do you have any advice on our preceptors that are navigating this situation? Um, what would you say, any, any tips that could help them perhaps as we're all discovering this new reality? Absolutely. From my perspective, thinking aloud with learners is more important than ever in this chaotic and uncertain time. It is easy to get wrapped up in the chaos around us and the uncertainty around us. And we all need to be reminded to slow down and focus on the task in front of us. To my knowledge, the most current neuroscience suggests that the human brain is not actually capable of multitasking, although many of us think we are. <laughs> so what I think is actually a reframe strategy of what we are actually doing is to rapidly triage what we need to do and then give 100% focus to that. So going back to thinking aloud with our learners, that allows them to actually see how we are processing and moving through information so they can see, hear, and experience success in terms of managing complexity, wrestling with uncertainty, acknowledging biases in our thinking, and identifying the best recommendation for patient care with the currently available knowledge at hand. Once you witness success, you're more likely to be able to emulate and work towards the same goal in your own performance. So my recommendation is to lead by example and to lead out loud. Yep. And pulling back that curtain, right? Allowing you to expose your thinking and the way that you're approaching the situation to make it a real scenario. Such, such great advice. And thank you so much for your time. Unfortunately, that is all the time we have for today, but I do want to thank you, Lindsay, for joining us today and discussing the Socratic Dialogue and sharing all the advice with our audience today. Lindsay, as we mentioned, will be presenting her session during ACHP's Virtual National Preceptor Conference in October. And to find out more information about the session, the Q&A, and the scheduling, um, as well as additional programming offered during the conference, please visit preceptors.ashp.org or you can contact us at esd at ashp.org that's the educational services division at ashp.org thank you again for tuning in everyone we hope you enjoyed today's conversation and we look forward to hosting you on our virtual conference in october have a wonderful day thank you for listening to ashp official the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.